We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 69 of Married Millennial. Why are you so excited to say that? Because I'm a child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess some people just never grow up. No. Come Taking on. it back to the middle school, you high school jokes. You didn't think about it just a little bit. And I actually did not think about it. Really? No, I didn't. Oh. But it's okay. I, mean, I, ex- I excuse your behavior. No I would, that deal. was like high school for me. I don't think that was middle school. Like, oh, you know what 69 is. Maybe I was behind developmentally. No. Um, I feel like that was high school. Uh, I think that, yeah, it probably was high school. Maybe eighth grade. Shit, nowadays it's probably kindergarten. Right. Like, yo, I know what that means. Right. They don't even know how to count to 69, but know what 69 means. Really? I mean, kids are out here growing up way too fast. Oh, so fast. I've heard so many horror stories. It makes me a little worried, but just, you got to do the best you can. Yeah, and it makes the world we live in. I mean, yeah. it's not like you can say, oh, I'm not having kids because kids are growing up too fast, and then you just have to have more of a presence in your child's life than than before. Not, I shouldn't say that, but you need to just be more aware and have certain conversations. Right. And I've always said, you know, that's why I really appreciated my parents, just because they were never afraid to have those conversations. They were never afraid to talk about things or show me things. It was not, I wasn't sheltered from much, but it's like, if we show you this, we're going to have a conversation about it. Right. And I was actually talking to one of my colleagues and he has a, a son, I believe his son's four years old. And he was saying that you know he just started school and all of these kids are behind him. And he said, I, I, he said, I don't tell my kids no. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he said, if you know, my son's like, okay, like I want to use this knife to cut the apple. He said, I don't say, oh, no, that's a knife. It's dangerous. Like, okay, well, let me show you how to use this. Let me show you the purpose of it. You don't use it for this. And he goes, that confidence that because of that, my son is a lot confident in everything that he does. And he just used this example of when they went and spoke in front of the class. You know, he answered you know, multiple questions, spoke for a couple minutes, sat down, and no other kid went up to, to talk. Mm-hmm. And all of the, the, I guess the teacher had called him and said, man, your son's really advanced. And he's kind of looking like, well, what are you talking about? Like he's not advanced. He's just like, <laughs> like this is, he's, I've what just a well-rounded in- kid looks yes, like. Yeah, <laughs> I just introduced him to life at a young age. And right. you know, he, fortunately for, for my colleague, his son is always with him. So he's able to be around adults and hear adult conversations. But his father does a good job of just communicating these different things to him so he has a an understanding at a young age even though he may you know shouldn't do this or shouldn't use that but there's a, a knowledge that supports what his child is or is not doing i get that i, I mean i was semi-sheltered so you already know that yeah, definitely I, I was sheltered from like movies and stuff and certain channels my parents had a mtv and bet blocked so like you do you remember back in the day where you used to have a code to access? I'm sure they code? still got it on the TV now. We just don't use it, right? <laughs> Probably parental codes. And so every every once in a while, my brother and I would figure it out. Then my dad would discover that we had figured it out and then switch it again. And I we were just talking about it last week when we were driving up to the beach. Yeah, you were. We were, we were having a 1999 party for some reason. We were just like hanging out. On the way to the beach, listening to music from exclusive, exclusively from 1999, and we were listening to part of the Writings on the Wall album. And I remember the Bills, Bills, Bills video. While the the 
TV was unlocked, <laughs> my brother recorded TRL <laughs> so that we could watch the videos over again. That's how, that's what our show But see, was. TRL was weak with the videos because if you were not like song three, two, or one, you, you get, would only get about off, 30 yeah. seconds, 45 seconds of yeah. the video and then it went to somebody else. I was like, yo, TRL, Carson Daly, what are you doing? Which is rude, yeah. That's why it was 106 in part. 106, 106 in part, part show the whole video? Yes, with AJ and Free, that was the best music video show of the time and then days. aj and free left and 106 and park became whack and irrelevant yeah is it still on i am not sure i know it was on for a while after yeah because wasn't AJ wow and, free. and uh what's his name terrence, terrence j Jerry, was a host yeah. and but it just wasn't it wasn't the same i mean aj and free it, it, it's just when when the they ogs were just leave, like carson and carson daily for trl yeah, like when, when you got have, the original you got what works and then yeah. once the formula is disrupted it just you can you can replace it, but it just doesn't taste the same. It's like a recipe. You can pass down recipes, but when the original cook made the recipe, they just do it a little better than you. You can't replace that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And also, I this was on our Instagram story, but I need to call you out again on the podcast because during our 1999 party, I'm like, hey, do you like Wild Wild West? By Will Smith, right? Because I'm just like, I, I'm looking up hits from 1999 because it was such an awkward year for music. You have years that, like, you know were great for music. Like, 1994 was great for music. 2004, great for music. 1999, struggled a bit. So I was looking at all the top lists and Wild Wild West was on there. I was like, oh, that was a fun jam. And so I asked Jess, do you like that? He was like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Real casual about it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it anyway. I play it, and Justin proceeded to rap the entire song. He knew all the words. I, I just didn't. No, I didn't know all the words. I didn't know the very last verse. Oh, yeah. The, but I knew the first but three. But you didn't stop. <laughs> so I was sitting there looking at you with my mouth agape. Like, so you knew all the lyrics? Like, you didn't want to. That was the jam. Oh my god. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Fickle Wild, Wicked Wild, Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Riders. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six gun in this, brother running this. Okay, I'll stop. Exactly. Like, I mean But again, I but for me, I used to my brother and I watched the music video channels so much when we were kids. I get that. So those songs were I remember that music just ingrained in our heads. Oh, the times. I I miss being able to turn on TV and watch music videos or just like anything like, you know? No, because it's just so much. It's such a waste of time. But it, it, we just waste time differently. Right. You sit there and now I spend that time oh, spending too much damn time on my phone. Exactly. Yeah, like just scrolling. Let's get to the drama of this week, everyone. So I got my wisdom teeth removed and <laughs> everybody, all four oh, of them, and they man. were all impacted. So I had an infection in my gum and I was told and I've been they've been telling me for a couple years you're gonna have to get these removed and I'm like you're just trying to get my money I'm not gonna do that so um I came down with a, an infection in my gum in April they removed it they said that infection is gonna come back and I'm like you're just trying to get my money <laughs> so the infection came back it was worse I was like I have to get my wisdom teeth removed so I went to the the surgeon the oral surgeon he's like yeah we're going to have to take these out. And I had to take all four of them out. They were All four of them were impacted, which means they had not broken through the gum. And he said, you know, it's a three to four day recovery. And everyone I talked to is like, oh, like two days and you're back to normal. And I'm like, okay. So he said three to four days. Other people are saying two days. So I'm probably going to be like maybe three days. 
So we have our surgery. First of all, <laughs> I was like a crazy person. And I got video evidence to yeah, prove it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm debating if Joy will give me permission of releasing this video with subtitles <laughs> so you guys can laugh hysterically at what this child was saying. Joy you is very defiant. Should. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm not defiant. Then I showed her the video. She's like, maybe I am defiant. I wasn't listening. I wasn't having any of it. But you know, when you're Always. in that state of mind, you want what you want. You're not thinking it's about. It's not just that state of mind, love. Right. This is you always. Always. You're defiant. That was an unfiltered version of me. Correct. All right. I, and I now mean, there's proof of it. So we, I, I just don't record our daily life. So you can't see the defiance like you can in this video. <laughs> so that that's all it is. It's just a, a continual. I just, you know, I want to figure it out on my own. So uh, yeah, I, I I was a crazy person when I left the hospital or the, the the office. They said don't talk, and I just apparently talked the whole way the home. The whole time. The whole like, way please home. Stop talking. So once the anesthesia wore off, I was in extreme pain. Oh my gosh, I was in so I much pain. Got a pain. video of that too. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was breathing like Lamaze. Like, like I was about to birth a child. It was uh, pathetic. Then, so the next day I wake up and I'm like, okay, like I'm straight up a chipmunk today. But that'll probably go down by like, you know, tomorrow. Like today will probably be the worst. Next day, I'm more swollen. Next day, still swollen. Next day, still swollen. Meanwhile, I'm missing work. I'm like, okay. So maybe by Thursday. Thursday, still jacked up. Toe up from flow up. Friday comes along, still no, I mean, I mean, this, I, and it's Monday now, so I had the surgery last Monday, we're recording this on a Monday, and my situation is still not back to normal. Like, no, you're not normal at all. Yeah, I'm still a little swollen. Also, this is just, and this is gross, <laughs> but like, your breath is on funk mode and I told them I was like excuse me my breath situation right now is not great and they're like oh yeah I know that's normal because of the blood clot I guess it just makes your breath like how funk mode is an understatement (laughs) Joy's breath I'm I'm holding my breath right now as we record because she's sitting next to me and her breath is so hot so I feel bad for all her colleagues over the next few days who had to come and talk to her at her desk, think I'm like, my gosh. I don't want to go smell? talk to anybody. Like yeah, it's, it's it's disrespectful. It is dis- it is disrespectful. It, it's like imagine sick breath with morning breath with chitlins, Ugh. and then light it on fire. Like, that is the type of breath that is howling. It doesn't into my taste face. good either. And they're like I said, there's nothing you can do because you can't use. I can't use mouthwash. I can't. And I can brush, and I can actually use my tongue scraper again now, so that's good. But also, there's, like, these little nodules that, like, drain into your mouth. I mean, it's just disgusting. So anybody who tells you, like, no big deal to get your wisdom teeth removed, it might be a big deal for you, is all I'm saying. But see, the thing with Joy, if we go back to when she got her tonsillectomy, she heals extremely slow. So the fact that you thought in two to three days you were going to be fine, I knew you weren't going to be fine. Okay, but the tonsillectomy, they're like... You're about to be out for the count. Like, they were very much like, you're not going to be okay. They let me know. But you were down and out for two weeks for that tonsillectomy. I would argue that 98% of people are not down and out for two weeks because they got their tonsils removed. Oh, my gosh. That was exactly. awful. You just, you just heal slow. But this was awful, too. That's the thing. Is like, I had two bad experiences with, with the surgery in my mouth, so I'd like to be finished with that if possible. That would be... That would be nice. You should, you, yeah, you should be done. And now you got those two major surgeries that you should have had when you were a child. 
And now you had to do them in adulthood. Yeah. Granted, I didn't have my tonsillectomy until adulthood either, but I got my wisdom teeth pulled when I think I was 12, 13, and I was fine the next day. But again, I, I, I understand that I was a child and your body heals a lot differently. So I'm not trying to throw shade at your no, slow recovery. No, it actually, if anything, because I remember getting a root canal, which we actually later found out that they didn't actually perform the root canal. <laughs> but I went camping the next day. So, and I remember my mom being like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm completely fine. But they did have to remove, I think I had, there, there was infection in that too, because it was one of those where you wake up and you're like, oh, I have to go to the dentist today. It was one of those. And they had like took me and, and took care of it right away. And I remember my mom thinking she was going to need to take care of me and I was going to have to have certain kind of foods and that wasn't the case. And that's why I, even at the dental office, uh, the receptionist was telling me her son got her his wisdom teeth removed while he was 11 years old and the next day he was eating a pastrami and fries. Like, I couldn't even fathom. I'm still, like, eating noodles at this point. <laughs> like, I haven't even had anything crunchy. No, you haven't. Yeah. But you'll get back on the, on the good foot. The good news is, is that Joy is recovering. She's doing well. Her cheeks are a little swollen steel. Yeah. But sure enough, her cheeks and her swelling will go down and her breath will return back to normal. <laughs> so then we can start cuddling again. She was trying to cuddle me last night, and I was like, if you don't get your breath off of my body, we are going were, to have a problem. Yes. You were I, was, so I was like, stop touching me. <laughs> You were trying to cuddle, so and on top of it being hot in the room already, it's like you wanted to breathe on my neck. No, <laughs> I'm sweating. Your breath is hot, and you're trying to hold me. You do that All to me. All things that I don't want to be. A I will say because this this is the thing we really should talk about in relationships that people don't talk about enough, and that is breath. Like you have to deal with somebody else's breath. Constantly, and there are times where so you're asleep, and Justin will I find sleep himself with my mouth open, open, and he'll <laughs> find himself on my pillow somehow, just breathing in my face. And I'm so nice that I just like turn away because I'm like, oh, he looks so sweet and comfortable. He doesn't look sweet, but he's you know he's comfortable, and you know I want to let him have my <laughs> pillow, but he's like, <sighs> <sighs> and it's just like the funk. It's not that bad. I brush my teeth. No, it's bad. And don't let it be a night where you've rebelled. So we we have our rebellious nights. We brush it and floss mostly every night, but there might be like one night a year where it's like it's more than it's more than a month. Yeah, it's definitely more than one night where we're like it's not happening. I I'm going to bed. Just when the sleep hits you and you don't feel like standing to brush and floss. Yeah, and just, I, am I think I mostly do it. I have to do my nighttime routine. I don't even like going to bed without a shower. No, it, do, it definitely helps. The nighttime routine certainly helps. But there are just times where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool off of this. But then I will floss in the morning when I wake yeah. up. So that's how I get in. And again, for all you people who don't floss, I don't trust your grill at all. And yeah. you can be offended. I, I don't care. Right. It's nasty. Yeah. It's no. very nasty. I don't trust my grill. I'm like I'm, I'm not gonna talk to anybody for like the next couple of days. No, you shouldn't. You should just wear one of those masks. <laughs> you know, they when they had the SARS mask just covered your whole face or the oh surgical my mask. Oh god. Because what you're gonna do is you're gonna laugh. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Just like you did right now, and you, and that breath just swung. But I leaned away from you. Ex- but it still moves. You know, you're still that that breath and that air is still circulating. So that's that's what's gonna happen. And someone's gonna catch a window and it's gonna be <laughs> you have a good day. And then they're gonna just walk away. Like joysticks. Real cavalier. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. Oh, uh, this is just the worst. So anyway, for all you guys in a relationship and dealing with breath, we feel you. <laughs> we finally saw Girls Trip. We thought it was a very funny movie. I was 
I was left wanting a little more, and I think that's because everyone just hyped it so hard. Mm-hmm. It was a good movie. It was entertaining. It was funny. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, again, when you get on the when you're on the tail end of the hype, you go in there with so much expectations. It's like, oh, this movie's a ten, and then if it's an eight, you leave mad. Right. But if you go see a movie and it's an eight, you're like, oh, this is a good movie. But like I said, it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. I, I laughed. There were definitely some some good parts throughout the movie. But again, I, I left Wandick a little more, which is which I'm bummed because I don't think that would be the case if I saw it before all the hype. Exactly, and this is why I always say I like to see movies opening weekend. It's not real if there's some the movie that I really want to see. It's not really an option. I like to see movies opening weekend too. We just can't come to an agreement on on when we go see them. What do you mean? What do you think I mean? We've had this debate. Did we so not many go times. in the morning? We, I, I we didn't did. even I didn't even try <laughs> to fight you. But here's the thing is you're limited when there's one time slot that you can go see the movie. You have to choose between the movies or anything else. So that last weekend we went to the beach and we went to we had to go to Disney Disneyland for family. Yeah, so we, yeah, you're right. So and then the only other time we would have had is Friday night. Which you are vehemently against. <laughs> so it's like we actually could not go That's because fair. your, and, and your t- time that you're willing to go is very limiting. Correct. So, which I feel is disrespectful. Like, I don't feel like it should be like... Disrespectful? If, yeah, it's disrespectful to me and how I want to live my life. That's yeah. the word we're going to use is disrespectful? Well, it's inconvenient. That's the truth. It's inconvenient. And because I do feel like there are times where it's like... Relationships are inconvenient. That's that's a part of marriage. It's it's being inconvenienced. Yeah, it but is what I it feel is. like that's you make only sacrifices like if, for if I want to go with you because I can go by myself at any time. Yes, you can. Yeah, I can go by myself at any time. I don't have to go. No, nah, you don't. For showing. But it was a good movie. If you guys have not seen it, I would definitely go advise and seeing it. It is. It is a good laugh. <laughs> and there's. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, there's just certain scenes you sit there and just crack up, and and I love those moments. Yeah, so it was good. It was it was a, it was a good laugh, good movie. I definitely enjoyed it. But again, I wish I just would have saw it before the hype got too big. Yeah, I, I like when uh, this isn't really spoiling anything. Where she's like, "We're tripping right now," and then like all of a sudden they start to like go into their different. Oh trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was funny. I you know I think it was well done. I I think that that movie was probably a lot better than any it was a well-rounded movie like it had it different storylines everybody had their thing they were dealing with and it was about female friendship which i think is not something that we see very often and it, uh, and more than that it was about friendships amongst black women like that's yeah that's good i mean that's great and we need yeah. to see more of that on tv and that's yeah. why i'm in support of it and i don't i'm not saying anything bad about the movie it's just again when you walk into something with crazy expectations and right. they only meet eight of those ten expectations, you're just like, hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like, if we hadn't seen Get Out the opening weekend. Yeah, what would have been our response? Yeah, Very like, true. Uh, well, I mean, it was good, but but then you see it opening weekend, and you're part of the hype. You're right. It's always best to be part of the hype, is how I feel. So we'll, we'll, we'll after, do better. And if there's times where we need to see a movie opening night and we have weekend plans, I will adjust my stubbornness yeah. and make an audible to go see a movie at another time that I don't like to go. I'm glad you said Audible because there's a series on Audible. And we are not sponsored by Audible, by the way. So I'm just going to keep saying their name. Yeah. <laughs> These dollars hint, are not. Hint I Audible. Know, <laughs> I know. Sponsor us. But there's a series on Audible by a woman by the name of Esther Perel. And she is, she, I think she's a 
a sex therapist and relationship therapist, somewhere in there. And I first stumbled upon her through, she has a TED talk about desire. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, she's just very informative. But something that I learned through this uh, series, so basically you're able to listen to couples go through therapy. And it's for a multitude of reasons, right? So there's a couple in there, they they were both sexually abused. So their relationship with sex is just weird. Like they're perfect in every way as a couple, but their sex life is just off because it's a weird, it's a hot button issue for both of them, right? And then there's a couple who struggling with infidelity. So the husband cheated, but he still wants to make it work. And she's like, yeah, but I don't, like, I can work in every way, but I don't want to sleep with you anymore. You know, it's it's very interesting stuff. But something, a nugget that I wanted to pass along, because I, it's not even anything that ever crossed my mind, is that she said, said one of the women said, are we're just not sexually compatible. Like, we're just not sexually compatible. The sexual chemistry is off. And she said... A misconception is that you don't have to work at being sexually compatible. And I was like, huh? I, I just, did you ever think about that? Yes. You thought, <laughs> you thought that you had to work at being sexually compatible? You, yeah. don't, you didn't think that like you're just, you're sexually compatible or you're not. No, I, I never thought about that because just like anything in a relationship and in a marriage, it, it takes time. The way you have sex or how you may have had sex in the past with previous partners is not necessarily the same way you will have sex, sex with your with current you. partner. Right. So there's there's a there's a level of, of work and compatibility that is needed at all times. And it goes back to the point I've always said of when you ask most people, you know, build your ideal mate, mm-hmm. male or female, mm-hmm. and they riddle off this whole list and then you go see them maybe a few months, a few years down the road and see if their ideal match follows their their actual partner and it's that we have this misconception of what we want and what we need so you may think okay well this is how i'm going to go in into the bedroom and this is how we work well no it's different for every person when we started having sex i would definitely say that we have have matured and grown through our sexual journey right and we had to work through that it's not just a matter of okay well we press these two buttons and we automatically gel right because sex is more than that I wouldn't. I didn't necessarily have the word to say you need to work towards sexual compatibility, but I knew that there was a level of work because you were a virgin when right. we got together. You didn't know what <laughs> Why you were you doing. Say it like that. Well, I'm just saying you had you had no idea. Which I always say is like really the best thing that could have possibly happened for you because I I could be your ideal sexual partner. Yeah, and and it's and then at some point maybe some people will argue is like I had to teach you how. To have sex. Right. We had to teach each other what works for us, things that you don't like, things that I may not like. And you guys are like, wow, this is too much, too much information. Right. You know, but it, it's true. No, I don't think so. And it's, it's, you, have to, you have to work it in every component of your, of your relationship, of your marriage. There's a well, level of I work. Well, and I definitely, I agree with all of those things. But sexual compatibility is just not something that I thought of working towards or working with I just thought you're compatible or you're not and if you're not compatible then oh well but if you are cool so I I don't know I guess that it was eye-opening and it it made me feel like oh okay that it's just it made me file it away under something else that you might have to work on and that's okay 
it, it made me feel like, oh, that's okay if you have to work on sexual compatibility I just down think, the road. I just think it's very interesting when people are surprised by the reality that you have to work for what you want or you have to work for things to be successful. Yeah. And, and well, listen, like I said, sex is just, sex is such a taboo topic in general. Nobody has ever said, you know, you've heard along the way that relationships are work, but you don't have, you haven't heard along the way that sex is work. You hear that sex changes or like, you you hear, you hear things about sex, but nothing constructive. I'll say it that. Like, there's nothing super constructive about sex that's like, oh, okay. It'll be like, women stop wanting it or men stop wanting more. Like, men can't get it up. Or like, you know, you just start hearing. The nagging. Yes. Or and the frustration. Yes. And so I I just feel like this is a solution-based situation, and I enjoy that. So I'm going to need to listen to to the episode. I'm, I'm interested to hear her opinion. Yeah, I'm sure she went more There's eight episodes, and they're, they're called chapter, like chapter one, chapter two, and they're, you know, I, but they're, and they're free. So it's like, you might as well just go go download them. I I'm I'm uh, yeah those are those are happy I stumbled yeah those are definitely you know good nuggets but mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that you have to work towards something because <laughs> if something's not if something's not right I'm I'm going to try to fix it and not everything can be fixed so that's maybe not the right word because when you use fix in terms right. of relationships and marriage you walk a, a very dangerous line but how many relationships <laughs> have you heard of that like sex is what ruined it all like they weren't having sex like they used to or whatever you hear that. All the time. Yeah. I, I, All the time. So it's like, if if you think about it as like a willingness to adjust your sex expectations, right? Yes. On both ends, not, not just sure. what or whatever. Like, you don't need to screw like you used to, but maybe you can't just not screw, right? Like, you got to figure something out where both parties are happy. But I just, I didn't think about that, that as something that you work on together. And especially because I do feel like on a societal level... Sex within marriage, or actually, sex kind of in general, is placed in a woman's hands within a relationship. Within the control of the woman, right? It's like sex is my responsibility, so it's kind of like a weight off. Like, oh, I don't have to do this by myself. Like, we can be in this together and figure out what our situation needs. Yeah, we can be be in it together, but the reality is that the woman does control sex. (laughs) It's just a fact. If you, the woman, say. I am not going to have sex with you for two weeks. There's nothing that a man can do to say, okay, we're going to have sex. Nothing. So you, you are 100%. All women are 100% the gatekeepers of sex. Okay. Well, so, I so that point, Nolan, is, nah, I'm, I'm not riding with that one. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it's like, because why aren't you having sex for two weeks? It's like because someone's mad? Now, that, now there could be like, re- now there like, could be joint responsibility on why I it's feel not like it's, happening. It's a okay for a man to be like, "Hey, I want some sex," and you be like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But you, but if you say no, oh well, then it's yeah, a wrap, right? That's what I'm saying. That there's no. But you could say no to us. You can, but there's not. You know me not too long ago because you were because I was sleep. Like, I wasn't sleepy. I was sleep. There's a difference. I was difference. like, I feel a little rejected right now. <laughs> you know me. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that I was sleep for the night, and you woke me up out of my like, sleep. I was like, dang. I was trying to, like, top off our perfect day. <laughs> no. I and was, you knocked out. And then I was just, like. I mean, we had 
so many hours before then, but you want to wait till I'm asleep. You know how I feel about my sleep. When I'm asleep, I'm asleep. It's well, done. Well, listen, normally that's me being like, don't bother. Like, if I'm on the cusp of sleep, don't bother me. You sometimes I can, like, wrestle out of it. You're yeah. like, oh, you don't have to tell but me twice. But I will sleep on the couch. When I fall right. asleep on the couch, that's just another level. Right. It's like, I'm done. The day is over. It's it's finito. Finished. So, yeah, there are times where men can be like, no, I don't want to. But I would say the fair majority of the time, men are very willing and open to have se- having sex. And the woman says, no, again, there's nothing that we can do. Yeah, and you can talk to a lot of married men. I have plenty of married friends, and they all say the same thing. It's just like, yeah, sex changes when you get married. And the wi- your wife is the gatekeeper. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. I mean, I need, like... Like, I can be the gatekeeper, but, like, I just want to make sure that you're coming to the gate as much as, like, you need. You know? Like, the gate doesn't move. You're, you are, but you as a, I can, We can keep coming to the gate, but there, yeah. there are times as, you know, for me, is that I don't want to have to ask every single time. Sometimes I just want you to be like, I don't like, want you to ask hey, every like, time. Let's, like, can we just roll the dice and have that compatibility yeah, like, to where you understand that, hey, I want to do it and you want to do it. Do I have to always come to the gate and ask and say, hey, well, I gotta, I like- if, am I a dog that's always got to beg for food? <laughs> like, no, I need food in my bowl. I'm hungry today. Feed me. It's like the dog doesn't want to have to come to you every single day and be like, did you put food in my bowl? And I'm not saying you're having sex every day, but I'm just using that as an analogy is that I don't think we need to have to ask every single time to have sex. I don't think you have to ask every single time, but you can sometimes. Like, sometimes you can be yeah, like, Yeah, you, hey, you definitely can. Like, when six months go by, I mean, you can definitely. Oh, my gosh. No, it hasn't been. I was like, yeah, stop trying to make your life sad. Months. It's not. But but I will say, because sometimes it just doesn't even cross my mind. It doesn't mean that, like, I don't want to, right? but it's just like, oh. Like, you know, if I'm not feeling a little tickle, I'm just like, oh, like, yeah, we're watching the show or whatever. It's it's really easy, especially when you're friends within your relationship, to just kick it all the time and not really think about the sex aspect of your relationship. So I just think that it is both of our responsibilities to make sure that we are satisfied within our sex life. So, yes, I will agree to the point that sexual compatibility is on both people. Yeah. And making sure that you guys are having a healthy sex schedule is also on both people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, most of the time, women are the gatekeepers. Yeah, but I just think that's like a faulty system and that's why it's uh, – because we're not – especially like as you go through hormonal changes, like you are different from every, every week of the month – your hormonal situation is different, and your sex drive is mo- most likely different too. Like, there's some weeks where yeah, I'm man, like, "Yeah, man, we're just right here on the straight go. line." Yeah, yeah. And right. No, I'm not changing. Yeah, I want to have sex. Yes, right. yes. We got day. peaks and valleys. Yes, <laughs> if you hit me on a valley and you're waiting for me to initiate sex, it's not going to happen because I'm not. I'm well, like, and then you get, and then as the man, you get confused. Like, okay, well, damn, I came to you the last two or three times, and you on your valleys. Like, shit, <laughs> I don't know your peaks and valleys. I, I can't. Your vagina's not talking to me and saying, "Hey, today is not the day." <laughs> It's like shit. I'm just trying to ask, and then you ask two or three times, and you realize that you in the in, in the damn valley. You're like, well, shit. I'm done asking. Right. I don't. I'm pretty good if you ask. Look, <laughs> be a good sport, but also I don't want to be a good sport either. Like I want to make sure that each time, like there's a true connection, and that we're both enjoying ourselves, and it's not like out of duty or obligation. And I don't think that that's too much to ask. See, th- uh, now I'd be interested to, to hear from my married friends is does sex have to be every time you have sex does it need to be this like amazing soul connection love session or sometimes it's just like okay here's this 
this physical thing and we we did it and it was fun and and you got your feeling i got my feeling and, and we go on about our day uh, I, i'm really interested because think- i don't feel the need to have every single time is like this <laughs> deep mind-blowing soul okay but see i need the connection because feel. like the physical is like I mean, it's nice, but it's like I want the I want the the physical intrusion, if you will, is not worth it w- without the emotional connection for me. It's kind of like I just have to be pounded for a little bit or put some work <laughs> in myself, and oh, then like why you say it's that way? I mean, you make it because sound it's so like it's like it's not as fun for me. So I, it's not as fun. It's not. So and look, that could be just me. Other people would be like, oh yeah, I just want to. Actually, there there have been times where I'm like, I just need the physical. Release. Yeah, you just need the release. Yeah, I, I just times there's for me, I need the release, and I think there's times where you have that that soul deep connection. But if you're saying that you need that deep soul connection every time you have sex, like, we I, need to change I, these expectations. Right, I would prefer it as much as possible. Right, I mean, as much as possible. That's the truth because I don't want. Because I, I would say for me, I, I felt like when, uh, sex started to feel more like a job or like something that like I was expected to do after marriage. I, before marriage, it doesn't feel like mm. that. And granted, we had celibacy for a little bit, so it was different. But before that, it felt like an activity that we both enjoyed together. And then after marriage, it started to feel like whether you were putting this out there or not, it started to feel like you going to give me sex or not. Like... I feel you. It, and it just, it changed the dynamic of it. And it's like, well, no then. Like, yeah. I don't want to. That's not something we're going to do today or whatever. So, uh, Well, I think that happened because we were celibate. And when you knew once you get married, sex is an active part of a marriage. Right, but, In relationships, sex is not necessarily a guaranteed. In marriage, it is. So naturally, there is a shift to say, like, hey, Sex is going to be a part of this relationship. It's not necessarily I expect however many times a week to happen, but there is some type of expectation there. And it should be an expectation from both people mm-hmm. to realize that sex is going to be a part of this relationship. Right. Now we need to decide together on how many times or what, sat, you know, what works for both right. people. But again, like I said, you can't figure it out when you got all these damn peaks and valleys. How the hell do you come up like, with an accurate schedule? And I do agree schedule? that that's whack. Shit. Like it, it does suck to have to be like... So let's talk yeah, about Yeah, come like, up with a schedule that yeah. is ever changing every single damn week. Right. Yeah, like that does suck. And I, I do, but I just think that it's a matter of finding a groove, figuring out what, you know, your partner likes, what I like. Like, I mean, check my damn cycle. If it's that serious, be, no. be covert no. with it. Be like, okay. No. <laughs> so these days, Again, no. It, it, it shouldn't be that stressful. It shouldn't have to be that stressful. But it is that stressful for me because that's my existence. So. There's um, a joint and shared responsibility. I know. But I did get, I don't know if I've talked about it in the show. I did get a yoni egg. Have you guys heard of those? It's basically like it's a crystal that you stick in your vagina. And it's supposed to like, and you can do Kegel exercises with it, you know, and make sure that it stays in there and you're good. But it strengthens your pelvic floor and it's just supposed to like connect you to your yoni, right? Your sacred place is what it, it translates to and actually intensify your orgasms. So uh, I, I don't know. I think they're, I don't think you have to have a yoni egg to to strengthen your pelvic floor, but I do encourage everybody to not neglect that area of your body because I don't, I feel like as women, there's such a detachment and such a shame associated with your vagina. (laughs) There is, it's like, it's this thing that's down there, but you don't talk about it. Like there's somebody out there who's like, why are you telling me that you put a crystal in your vagina? Like, you know, and it's like, it's because it's so taboo to talk about, but I do 
I would like to remove the shame around it all because it is something that we're all like, you know, 50% of the, the population are women or, or roughly, right? So we're we're all having similar experiences and I think we've got, we've got to talk about this stuff. Well, that's just what's wrong and, I mean, not just sex as being a taboo topic. I think anytime that conversations are taboo, it just creates... N- wrong in the world right like there is and there's so many different and i always relate to it is specifically like in a black household sex and money were never talked about right. and i think if you look at black communities universally is there not many black folks that have wealth and let's be real from a historical context is that our parents generation was truly really the first generation who had access to wealth and it wasn't equal access to wealth mm-hmm. they had definitely had hurdles to climb but mm-hmm. in this in, in, in to, to make it as easy as possible to understand is that our parents generation was really the first ones who had a chance to access wealth but money and sex again were never talked about i can ne- i can't recall one time in my childhood where we ever talked about money in our household. And we used to have dinner as a family every single night. And now that I'm an adult, there's a reason why I don't have a very good understanding of money and finances because it was never talked about. Well, you do now, but you've had to work. But I've had to work so hard for it. And there's things that, you know, even Joy and I talk about all the time is being fully transparent is that we don't really know how to make money. Right. When we sit and think about our platform and how we can monetize you know, our platform and, and how we can continue to grow this brand is we sit here and we just look at each other you know, kind of like, man, I, I really don't know how to, how to do this. And we'll throw ideas well, back and forth. The but truth it's like is we've... you could charge for anything, but it's hard to put a price on this because, again, there's like a shame surrounding money. Like, why do you deserve yeah, why like, you, Why are we going to pay you for this? For right, sure. exactly, exactly. So there's there's just this negative stigma on as as it's related as it relates to money and mm-hmm. i know when we've sitting when joy and i have sat and had so many of these conversations it's like okay, how do we monetize this platform how do we grow it and we can make this you know something that is is fruitful and beneficial for our lives and be mm-hmm. able to create a, a great future for us and our kids and our family we're sitting here like uh, i don't know yeah and then people will, will recommend ideas and then we're like uh, i don't know if we can do that right and it's like why do i have such a negative stigma or resistance to mm-hmm. money and the problem is is because it's taboo and you never talk about it mm-hmm. and I, I never talked about it like i didn't know finance class accounting like, who thought about that but my entire basketball team in college i think 80 70 or 80 percent of them all were getting business degrees mm-hmm Mm, man, you know they just had base level understandings of of oh four hundred one ks and ROAs and and investing in, in the stock market and bonds and and I'm like what 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 are you guys talking about I, I just assumed that you get up and got you you got up and you went to work every day and, and you got your it. paycheck every two weeks and that was as far as money went mm-hmm. but there, there's so many different ways to access money but because it was never talked about you have so many people and i do believe it's heavily minority groups who don't have this knowledge or the tools or the confidence to go out and generate their own wealth because Mm -hmm. it was a taboo topic for so long right so fuck the taboo topic when it comes to money and sex and i refuse to not have those conversations with my kids and my family and our friends as we grow older because I believe we are doing a disservice to our community by not having those conversations. Right. Yeah, we definitely need to remove the stigma and the shame surrounding those topics. It's not it's not helping anybody. 
No, not, it, it's only hurting all of us. So no, no not at all. And, and yeah. to kind of continue and, and, and switch gears a little bit, I want to quickly touch on a topic that we were having a conversation we were having with a friend of ours, and he had mentioned that he had called. I don't know if he called a woman a female or he referenced women as females. He didn't remember the exact context of how he used the word female. And the young lady that he was speaking to you know, said, I'm not a female. You know, that's used to categorize animals. And she was really offended by the word. And then he came over to our house and we were just talking and he brought it up and referenced it particularly to Joy and said, what are your thoughts on the word female? Is this an, an, an insensitive thing or something that you find offensive? And they went back and forth for a little well, bit. And this is the thing. It's like I personally didn't feel strongly about the usage of the word female. That That's my personal feeling. But my my whole argument was this. If somebody tells you, if someone that, who's a part of a group says to you, hey, don't say this because it, it it's offensive. And her reasoning was fine enough for me. And I said, and so when you're a woman, you understand that sometimes your worth is only tied to you being a breeding machine or like, you know, a piece for men or a sex toy. Like you, you understand that societally you are viewed that way. But when you're a man, you don't have to acknowledge that realm in which women exist. You just, you don't have to. So when somebody opens your eyes to it and says, hey, when you say this, it reinforces this, that should be a good enough answer for you. And his whole thing was, but it's only this one person who said that they feel this way. My whole thing is if somebody says to you, hey, this is harmful, then maybe just stop. I don't understand because I just feel like it's a minor inconvenience to us to switch up our language. It's a minor inconvenience for us and it's a great help to that group. Yeah, and it was why not? It was interesting to hear you know him defend the word, and he said, you know, I'm just not, I'm not necessarily going to change my vocabulary because he was looking for a concrete answer. Right. And then he asked for my opinion, and I said, I'd learn which battles to pick and not to pick. Wait. But after they exercised their points, I I jumped in. Wait, let me just say real quick because I wanted to say because you used males and females earlier today. You said males and females, and I think that that's okay. And I I also said. It depends on how you are saying it. But when you're like, females are always blah, 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 blah. Don't do that because nobody's like, males are blah, blah, blah. They're always men. It's always a man or a men. Nobody's sitting here talking about males. It's, it's derogatory in the way, in the fashion in which you are using it. Well, so then, you know, and, but he, he brought it up. He's like, I'm looking for a, a concrete technical reason why this word is offensive. And he said, if you look at the N-word, there's a historical context on why that word is offensive. Right. And we all know that and understand but it, so I don't like that. There's a historical context as to why females yeah, No, so he was, you know, was looking for that. So yeah. we ended up going in the, in the dictionary and looking at the definition of a female and a woman. And you know, we basically came to to the conclusion that a female is in reference to what Joy was originally saying was in reference to breeding or the ability mm-hmm. to produce or lay eggs. And mm-hmm. that can be assigned to any type of species where a woman is in relation to an actual human being. Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up that my mom used to never like being called she. And I used to be confused by the the whole thing because I was like, okay, well, you are a woman, and she is a pronoun for that. So grammatically speaking, she said this, and I was like, no, I'm not a she. You know, I have a name. 
And I was just like, okay. And, and I was I was confused because I was like, in my head, from an English standpoint, that you can use pronouns to replace a proper noun, and it is grammatically accepted. But to see her offense, I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to call my mother a she. I would say, well, my mom said, my mom's first name said. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went on about that that way for the rest of my life and still to this day i don't reference women as she and i I try not to say he very much just because i don't really know (laughs) what are the rules what what is is the the offense to it and and i think that's you know for me where, where it plays into a larger part of society is we are so it's particularly our, our generation now is everyone is looking for concrete answers to everything and concrete solutions to everything and i see i think that's the reason why religion is being questioned so much the way it is is because there's no real way to prove your religion you know, it is a belief and a set of beliefs that that you have and as a christian man i have a set of beliefs and mm-hmm. joy as a christian woman has a set of beliefs but if someone's like i need you to prove that god is real mm-hmm. there's we can't open a book or google and ask yeah. siri and say here's the proof on why god mm-hmm. is real it's something that we have experienced within ourselves and a, a a a spirit is moving within us so we know what that feeling is but there are people who are like, I need concrete proof. And I just say, you know, some things are not concrete. Things are not black and white all the time. And sometimes you just have to accept that it's not black and white. But I think that's where a lot of our conflict is coming from today is that everyone's questioning everything because they want these concrete answers. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to realize that it's not as black or white. Right. Math is black and white. Right. <laughs> but there's just things in life and how people live and feel that things aren't always as black and white and and the more that we can understand that the more or the less hostility that we can carry on through life yeah and people like to say that people are just more sensitive nowadays and i don't think that's the case i think that maybe things have been bothering people for a very long time but they've kept silent about it and now people have platforms to discuss why they are offended by things and how or how something is harmful to their existence and, and they're able to find other people to connect with who feel the same. And so we're, we're having all these conversations like all at once, you know, uh, black people are talking about stuff. Latino people are talking about stuff. Women are talking about stuff. The LGBTQ community is talking about stuff. And so I, I understand how it can feel overwhelming. Like, Oh my gosh, can't we just go back to how things were, but how things were silence. Yes. And conforming to a norm that didn't yeah. necessarily fit everybody. Well, and people were suffering in silence. So Correct. no, we can't go back to that. And I think that it's okay for you as a privileged person in whatever way. Like I'm privileged in the fact that I am a I am a woman and I identify as a woman. I was born with the right genitalia uh, that I associate with, and that's great. I have no right to tell a trans person, let's say you're a a trans woman, I have no right to walk around calling that person a he. No right, right? And if you want to just be an asshole about the situation, fine. Like, oh, well, you were born with a penis and now you want to be a woman and I'm not going to accept that. Can I fully understand what that is like? Absolutely not. I I don't have any way to relate to that. But I can respect you enough as an individual to say, okay, this is how you identify. This is how you'd like to be referred to. And at the end of the day, it is not 
inconveniencing me. It's not inconveniencing my way of life to refer to you how you'd like to be referred to. It's really not. It, it, it's not, and, and it goes back, you know, and another example to, to put a bow on it is Frank Ocean, I believe at the FYF Festival, was wearing a shirt that said, why be homophobic, xenophobic, transphobic when you can just be silent or just be quiet? And you know, there's so many people commenting on Facebook, well, we all have our opinions and we're entitled to your opinions. And I agree that everyone is entitled to their opinion. But if your opinion is destructive and not contributing to a positive conversation, keep your goddamn opinion to yourself. Right. Like in, in, in all honesty, there are some things that my mm-hmm. opinions may not be popularly received mm-hmm. and I may need some more knowledge about a certain topic. So guess what? I just don't talk about it. Because I still have to learn and have to understand. And when I can come to the table with an educated point of view, I can then have that conversation. But I think that's the, the problem with public platforms is people think that I can just hop on Twitter in my ignorance. Or I can hop on Facebook in my ignorance and just say whatever the hell I want because I have my opinion and I am entitled to the own, my own opinion. And First Amendment, I can say whatever the hell I want. It's like, yes, you can. But again, it's not, <laughs> but also don't. <laughs> it's not benefiting anyone when yeah. you're adding destructive language to a conversation. Yeah. It's just not. So adjust accordingly. Stop tripping. I said it's not it's not that 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 big of a deal. But I'd be interested to hear from the woman out there. You know, do, do you find offense if someone were to call you a female or the word in general? You know, what is how does that Yeah, how do you and that was that my word? other side. It's like nobody's straight up referred to me as a female because then I would probably be defend, offended. Like if somebody was like, Y'all females and included me, like I'd be like, mm, sir. Yeah, check yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just we're, we're listening we're learning yeah and that, I, I think and it's that's important what, we talk about these things as they come up and, and it's true and, and for me where where i kind of ended the, the conversation is that it's not my job or responsibility to to be upset that something offends you if something offends you and you provide a reasonable explanation on why it offends you okay cool i got you and and we move on you know but to continually question and and decide like, well, your reasons aren't good enough. It's like, that's, that's not helping the conversation. Well, thank you guys so much again for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.